Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Chris Jackson. And I think we're going to talk about what reliability actually is and regarding lots of different technologies out there which have different terms. Is that right? That's right. That's right. I got a question about two days ago and it was, um, the essence of the question is, do I need to worry about reliability for a consumable part of our system? And so to not reveal who they are, what they did and stuff like that, but it's, we have lots and lots of products like this, you know, the the glue, like I was in my shop the other day and, and I have a bottle of glue and I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I don't remember when I bought that. And it's kind of a different color than the new bottle that's next to it mm-hmm. that has, a, it's full. So I wonder if it's any good. And I didn't want to use it on my project in case it wasn't good because that'd be a real mess then. Right. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, how would I know? And there's no expiration date or anything else on it. So I really didn't know. So I threw it away. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. I'm not going to chance it. But this question that came in and it was, let's use batteries, like a little AAA or AA batteries that are ubiquitous around in all kinds of devices right. and stuff. And some of them are actually lithium ion rechargeable batteries. Some are the old style, you know, Duracell or Everett, ever, whatever, ever ready. Energizer? Energizer, you know, st- whatever. There's lots of brands out mm-hmm. there. Um, if you were making a, cons- a product that is consumable, it has, a, uh, you use it, uh, you spend the battery, say it's not a rechargeable battery, but even rechargeables only have so many recharges in them before they mm-hmm. are not all that terribly useful. Um, then, and they're not repairable or, you know, anything like that. Uh, but they're consumed and they're done. That's their function is they provide a, a bit of energy for some duration and, and that's it. They're done. Well, what's the reliability of that? And and she was asking mostly because it's like, you know, we're doing this block diagram and we got the system reliability and all that stuff. But what do I do with the consumable stuff? Because once that battery is expended, for example, then I put a new battery in and then uh so is that a repairable item of the system or is that a consumable? But what's the, how do I define the reliability for that consumable bit? You know, like, so we talked about a handful of different things and I thought I'd like to get your input on that. See what you thought about it. I mean, well, two, a couple of things spring to mind and it's like, uh, I, I think the first thing that springs to my mind is that ongoing sort of debate around semantics, which often is not helpful. Um, such as the debate between what is reliability versus quality. Yeah. I've seen lots of people who will die in a ditch over saying reliability ends here and quality starts there. Yeah. Whereas I think the original intent of those different terms was to essentially root cause analysis to to work out if this is a design problem versus a manufacturing problem. And loosely we say a manufacturing problem is a quality problem where things are defectively manufactured. They're outside tolerances and, uh, anything else we're, we're talking about long-term wear out that typically is associated with the design itself. How much margin was there? Do we understand the fire mechanism well enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that goes way back to when those were silos, right? And quality was part right. of manufacturing. And it was, that's, 
hopefully not in existence anywhere, but I suspect it is in places. Oh, it is. Absolutely it is because, you know, people like building their fiefdoms so that they can, you know, increase their own importance and more importantly, not be accountable for, you know, other issues. How many times have we seen tests where people say, well, that was infant mortality, so we excluded that We failure. don't do that. Yeah. Or there was cu customer abuse, so we don't count that either. So, right. Like, how do you know? <laughs> so anyway. So I think those terms can be really, really useful when you're trying to, uh, when organizations genuinely want to reduce the number of times things fail. Mm -hmm. So if you suspect it's a manufacturing defect, okay, that's a quality problem. Of quality people, let's have a look at this. If you suspect it's wear out, then maybe it's a design problem. But where you have those camps, that it's not helpful. And I've seen the same thing, I'd argue, for reliability, quality, aging, shelf life, so on and so forth. Yep, yep. Um, and I just think too many people, without thinking too hard about it, just try to uh, lump things into these different buckets or categories, mainly to be able to get out of being responsible for it themselves. That's a cynical take on how things are. Well, that more kudos to this. When she asked the question, she's going, you know, I think I, I need to get involved with that because it has to work when it it's being used. It's only right. used once. You know, it's not like the whole car. Uh, I have, I want it to work for five or 10 years or something like that. It's one tank of gas. And right. it's that's it's a different part it's a consumable part of that machine in order to function or one charge of the battery for example but and so we one of the things and i agree with you the semantics and in fiefdoms and and drawing boundaries around these and stuff like that and there's lots of motivations one way or the other and lots of legacy of why things are done the way they are i always boil it down to is that well, if if it doesn't work, it costs you money. Therefore, it's reliability. Yes. <laughs> it's, you know, if it's going to be a warranty claim or a hit to your brand because it didn't work for the customer when they wanted it or expected it to work, then that's a problem. And I don't care what you call it, you can deal with it and solve it and save your company money and improve your customer satisfaction. You can call it whatever you want. It it if it's supposed to work even just for milliseconds or if it's mm -hmm. supposed to work for three hours or 10 hours or a week or whatever it is, and then it's thrown away and replaced, that's the duration of that functionality in that environment and, and so on. And, that, and there should be a probability that it actually does what it's supposed to do. It's kind of those four elements of what we call reliability. And she was like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but but you're talking about defining what failure is, yeah, which is one of the very first things you do. Um, like the smart lock I use in my in my examples, my courses. We should list many webinars that you have that in there, and we should yeah. do a whole as a completed side here, Chris. We should do a whole series of webinars where the random hand of chance uh <laughs> shows up, and then and the ones that have the uh, the smart lock examples. You can have a whole. Right. You could save so much time not having, you could do one little segment just on the smart lock intro, and then you could spin off all kinds of different stories after that. But anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. That's all good. I mean, but I mean, I mean, but it's a good example though, because you, you usually design smart locks or, or, or um, anything else where, where the consumer or customer or user is, is, 
is intended to replace batteries, yep. if the batteries wear out, that's not considered a failure realistically. Everyone knows that many things you have to routinely replace batteries and consumers would not seriously think, well, the batteries wore out, therefore I'm going to get angry at the manufacturer and claim warranty. No, no, the batteries wore out, you you replace the batteries. I do get angry at my smoke detectors because they I'll sound the alarm that the battery is getting low. Apparently right. they're programmed to only do that at two in the morning, <laughs> at least in my experience. <laughs> well, that's that's a different level of frustration. But yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but then you might say, okay, well, it's not quite as simple as that because uh, smart locks are actually, uh, they have a significant safety remit as well. So mm-hmm. in built in that device, which is exactly the same as your smoke detector, I'm warning that the batteries are getting low. And if a warning device or warning function doesn't uh, trigger, then that would be a failure. Mm-hmm. But But if you're talking about, and we don't know what device this, this question is referring to. If it's one where the battery is sort of bespoke to the system, never intending to be replaced, then you better believe it's a it's very serious a reliability. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I'm I'm thinking of um, you know, like gasoline. If I filled my car up with a bunch of gasoline, but it turned out to be you know really low octane or just you know just would not run with my vehicle. Uh, it was expecting certain octane and it's not even close. And it was just a bad batch of gasoline. It was handled improperly. It was stored improperly. It was contaminated. Whatever the reason is, yeah, that's a failure. And the worst part is, is that, that consumable could cause other harm. It could damage the engine and you know, all kinds of stuff. And so I'm like, hmm, it, part of it is, this sounds like an FMEA at the start of it, right? It's like, well, what happens bit, if it yeah. does fail? You know, what if you don't have right. the charge there? What if that consumable element doesn't do what it's supposed to do? Um, but I take your point is that, you know, if there's something like I had a mouse that used double A batteries and if, if the battery, you know, wore out or gave me a warning it was going out, I had another stack of batteries there and I, mm-hmm. it was easy replace and, and keep going. Um, that's where I think we confuse ourselves. Is that a failure or not? Because I wasn't keeping track of how long those batteries actually worked. Although I did find when I, I moved over to rechargeable batteries, um, and they would only last like a week. Whereas I put in two, you know, energizer batteries that weren't rechargeable, they'd last six months. Right. But they had a different charge capacity they had different uh, ability to do things yet i found mm. that uh, replacing it every week became a nuisance and i would call that a system failure um in my lexicon whereas i've put in a, a you know they, they now they use lithium ion batteries embedded right in the mouse and you use a usb port to recharge it and it doesn't right. take very long so i was like at some point it's all about the user experience and right. where's it cross that line that it's called a failure? But like your smart lock thing, if it the battery goes out and the door is not operable, and you're hoping you have another window open someplace or another door someplace you can get in, that can be really dangerous. Right. And I, I think the, the, your comment about it for Mia, which is essentially you define what the effects of each failure is, right. are, that's that's brutal. I mean. Uh, brutal, crucial. Um, that's that's what the, <laughs> that's what answers your question. I mean, what's the customer going to do if the customer is going to be okay? Time to replace a battery. Let's replace a battery. Move on. Cool. It's not a fire. That's part of normal 
you know, operating the operating product. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a medical device which is intended to deliver life-saving drugs, such as like an EpiPen-like device, which might have mm-hmm. a battery in it because some of these uh, uh, medical devices allow you to control the dosage. If the battery uh, runs out, then that emergency situation where you need to yeah, have those life-saving drugs, yeah, yeah, then you're done. And that's a that's a big deal. Um which is why a lot of a lot of medical devices tend to have bespoke batteries, which tend to be um, subject to the overall considerations for safety and reliability. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, it's the batteries which often dictate the shelf life or the useful life of something, not the drugs themselves. Yeah, no, I've run into that before. Um, uh, with long time ago, completely different. It was a medical device, but it was a weird technology I can't even explain and hope never have to have used on me, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. But um, the, yeah, the idea is is that reliability does not imply that it lasts for ten years or more. It, you know, it's it's and the yeah things that wear out still have a reliability. So if my battery drains over time, even if it's just sitting there and not drawing any power, or it's fueling some standby function of the system. So, and I've worked with electrical engineers that then can sit down and calculate how long, given a charge in this battery, how long will this set of functions work? And Mm -hmm. is that going to be too long or too short or whatever? So they could size how much energy they needed to have on board the, the system. And the batteries have a lot of variability in it, which made that kind of calculation trickier but they they would do their best at engineering out what size battery what amount of storage they would need yet they knew that it would drain over time and at some point it would not have enough voltage capacity to actually function you know cause the circuit to function and they would say well at that point you got to replace the battery and then they'd set alarms or do other things to to deal with it but the the but we do that with mechanical devices. I think in a brake pads on the cars, they they wear. That's their function. They use abrasion to help you stop your car. And right. at some point, yeah, you got to replace it. So you know. But if the if the brake pads fracture or seize, right. those are different kinds of failures and they have different consequences. But if it wears out and it's been you've been driving for five years and and normal wear and tear, and you know you got to replace it, it's still a failure of that brake because it needs to be replaced, right? That part needs to be replaced. The battery needs to be replaced. Technically, it has expired. It's around its lifetime and it's done. That's what we call failures in our business, right? Well, it might not have a serious consequence, but it's a failure. We'll go back to your car though. Um, You are talking about the scenario where you put let's say contaminated fuel in your car. Yeah. And you said, that's a failure. Cool. Uh, in terms of who that's attributable to, that's a different question, but okay, it's a failure. Yeah, you don't know. But what happens if you, in the same car, as opposed to you um, putting in cont- uh, contaminated fuel, you put in no fuel and you run out of fuel. That's not well, a failure. Well, it is a failure. I don't get to go to the store and back. It's uh, distributed to me, right? Because right. I didn't put fuel well, in it. But that's the point. So when, but uh, that's not when it comes to designing medical devices or anything. To be fair, a failure has to be what a uh, a failure, which is a sort of 
not blamable, that's a wrong term, but you, you uh, define specified conditions. You do. You absolutely well, do. You do. You I know. That's, well, that's, it's, what's the function? Well, I, my, my vehicles enables me to go to the store and back. Well, one of the many failure modes is that it runs out of fuel, right? There's many assignable causes for that. No kinds of causes. A leak in the tank to, uh, we don't live anywhere near a gas station. <laughs> No, or I, I, the, the low fuel light doesn't go on, or I ignore it. All of those are causes of a failure, but the failure of the function still exists. So if my battery doesn't have enough charge to let your smart clock open, well, I don't really care what the cause is. It's not working. But I would, I would argue that if a, if a fuel tank is empty because of a leak, that's a failure. If the fuel tank is empty because you don't put fuel in it, I would argue that's not a failure. In the same way, if your vehicle crashes because you didn't turn the steering wheel the right way, that's still not a failure in the way that is going to be helpful to define uh, in, 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 to define the uh, help, helpful from the perspective of the manufacturer or the designer. That comes a point, a demarcation, where uh, failures cannot be defined to include things that are truly outside your control or truly outside those specified conditions. And I'd also argue that a big machine, let's say it fails because no one services it. Mm -hmm. That's not a failure. That is not, I'd argue that is not a failure because those specified conditions. Well, from the point of view of the design team, it's outside their control. And I agree with that. Right. Yet from the customer's point of view, it's a failure of their system to enable that, right. that device to work. It's, it, the cause is on their own side, not the design side. Um, this is at some point, this is going to devolve into two lawyers talking about it forever. So if, if anybody's listening, <laughs> you happen to know a lawyer that wants to weigh in on what's a failure, um, that might be an interesting discussion. Uh, I argue that it's when it, it doesn't, if it's supposed to have, you know, the door lock is as a battery and that it enables it to unlock when you, enable it or engage it if it doesn't unlock because the battery is out of juice i call that a failure even if the person ignored all the low battery warnings it still didn't do what it was primarily supposed to do lock and unlock your door i'd have to disagree with that and the reason i say that is because um let's just look i think it's a difference between an asset manager versus a supplier so let's just say you have a factory it's that's um baking bread I mean, that's, a good yeah, one. that's another and, one of uh, your scenarios you like to use. <laughs> right. And this is say the oven, and you're supposed to clean it and maintain it. If you don't clean it and maintain it, um, you know, the heat, it, it imparts this sensors. nice burnt smell to all your bread. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just, and let's just say the machine breaks out if you don't maintain it. Yeah. From, a, from the supplier's perspective, in their definition of failure, because they define the specified conditions, they really do. And it's up to the customer to, who engages in the contract to purchase it part of the deal is this is what you need to do. Um, then from a from the manufacturer or supplier's perspective of that oven, that's not a failure. But I would 100% agree with you that the, the bakery, the asset manager, whoever's in charge of the facility that's required to bake the bread, that is absolutely a failure. And it's all because they control the, the the root causes that inter, that create those failures. Essentially, those specified conditions, that wonderful fourth part of the definition of reliability, tell us 
when root causes are outside this left and right boundary, that doesn't get classed as a failure anymore, this which might, I, I agree with. Yeah, this may evolve into a whole other podcast because I, I, I look at it a bunch more broadly than that. Let's save it for another discussion on on that's cool. I mean, the broad definition of failure. Um, but it was a it was an interesting question. I had a nice uh, exchange of email and and stuff. So it's one of those examples of you know here's a question that yeah we can dig our teeth into this. It's like well yeah consumables you know they have a function, and if they don't do that that's you know they're not meeting their function. If they don't do it for long enough that's the duration piece, and if it doesn't do that it's not it. If the if it's supposed to be one point five volts or better and it and it comes off the shelf at one point two volts well it's you know, and if you can't use it, remember the iPhone a few years ago, they didn't work when it was cold outside. And yep. it's like, I don't care if you specify, you know, a range of temperatures on the side of the box. If somebody gets off, a, you know, comes out of the subway tunnel and it's minus 10 degrees outside and their phone doesn't work. You can't define the weather. <laughs> you need to understand where your customers are. And that might be a whole nother podcast. But anyway, right. it's a. Uh, it was an interesting question. And so I thought, yeah, hopefully I helped her a little bit. And she seemed to be asking the right question, which is, I think, a really good start to, to solving problems and doing stuff. So I appreciate that. So, you know, that might be why we always end these things, or nearly always, uh, with, you know, we enjoy your questions, send them on over. Mm -hmm. And part of that is you might be second guessed. Should I even be asking this question? Those are good ones. We enjoy getting those. Others, you might be saying, you know, what's a good resource for this or what's a good direction to go. We, the most of the, or all of the hosts of this show have a bunch of experience. And we, if I don't know the answer, I know a handful of other folks that probably do. And so I'll get a hold of them and we'll get you some response. We'll get you some answer. So if you've got a question, if this short discussion on consumables, you know, sparked one for you. Or if, like I said earlier, if you know a lawyer that would chime in and what a failure is, um, <laughs> which, yeah, we, remember we only it. have 20 minutes and we're not going to pay for lawyers time and stuff. But the, the idea is, is that, you know, if you got a question, let us know, head over to ascendoverliability.com slash go slash S O R. There's a couple of ways you can get in touch with us there. Uh, Chris and I, and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn and our about pages on Ascendo. So, um, if you got a question or an inkling of an idea of a question or a, a suggestion for a topic for the show, we'd love to hear from you on those. So I'm going to go check my smoke alarms and see how, if they need changing. Fair enough. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, Fred. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.